Midday Treat with NAZ Elite, a monthly podcast in which I chat with Hoka NAZ Elite team members, and you'll get a behind-the-scenes scoop on their training, racing, and everyday lives. I'm your host, Eric Sensman. You can find our monthly podcast on SoundCloud uh, by searching Hoka NAZ Elite, and you can learn more about the faces behind the team uh, by visiting their website, nazelite.com, their Facebook page, Northern Arizona Elite, or their Instagram and Twitter, both at naz underscore elite. Welcome to this episode of Midday Treat with NAZ Elite. Uh, I have the privilege of welcoming to the podcast for the first time, Matt Baxter. Matt, welcome. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, and uh, it's now the very end of July, the 31st day. Um, you've been on the team for seven seven months now, I guess yep. that means, since January. Uh, we've not had the privilege of sitting down because you weren't here, um, but we'll dive into that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, but you did get here, what, a, a week ago, two weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, a bit over a week ago. A bit over a week ago, okay. Good to have you back. Thank you. So, of course, you weren't here because you were uh, back home, or at least where you grew up, mm-hmm. um, in New Zealand. So you're from New Zealand? Yep. Yeah. Uh, it, for those listening, you can probably tell um, with the accent. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, first things first, uh, New Zealand. I, I myself uh, don't know too much about New Zealand. I haven't been there. I imagine that's true for many of the listeners. So, mm-hmm. tell us. What's it like? <laughs> yeah, New Zealand is definitely a, a special place. Uh, I was there up until... I mean, when I was 20, 21, before I came over to the US, and so I was living in a small town, New Plymouth, uh, which is about the same size as Flagstaff. We have probably close to 80,000 people. Um, we're a nice little coastal town, big mountain, very picturesque in a way. Uh, and yes, yeah, so I, I love my time living in New Plymouth, and it's somewhere where I'm probably going to end up going back to. Okay. And um, what sports did, did you play? Did, I, did you run from the get-go? I don't think you did. No, okay. so I... I started out, I mean, I guess as a lot of kids do, I, I mean, a little bit different to maybe an American pathway, but I um, I started out playing a little bit of cricket, which many people will be uh, unfamiliar with, and uh, it's a very common sport in certain areas of the world. Uh, if you weren't brought up on it, it'd probably be hard to get into. Yeah. Uh, but started out doing a little bit of cricket, uh, that led into playing some soccer, moving into rugby, uh, and I finished playing any other sport, so basically finished playing rugby uh, at the end of my first year at high school. Uh, there was the point where I was sort of staying the same size and those boys were starting to get a bit bigger, and uh, it was around the time when I was 13, uh, towards the start of my high school, when I started to get into running a little bit more. I was doing it... A little bit before that, doing our school cross countries and maybe our regional champs, but um, it never went any further until I started high school. Okay. Uh, And so you, I guess, had enough success in high school to the point where you were able to start thinking about running in college, I guess, and then um, you you started initially in New Zealand Mm -hmm. running in college? Is that right? Or just going to university? Just going to university, yeah. Yeah. So I, towards the end of my high school, I had definitely put myself in a a good position to uh, to continue running. Uh, After I was done, I, in my final race, I I broke our New Zealand Mm -hmm. high school 3,000 meter record running 8.15. And I run 3.55 for a 1,500 then. Um, And so... 
but I was never really that keen on going to university until my final year at high school. It wasn't something that was overly exciting to me. Sure. Uh, when I was younger, I always wanted to join the police. That was my passion. That was my goal from, I mean, you could even go back to when I was maybe 10. Okay. Uh, and then as my high school went along and I realized that the running thing was actually something I was okay at, um, then going into the police seemed like a, a final step. If I go there, then the running will probably die off. And so I figured, well, maybe I'll try to get into university. Um, that way I can at least continue my running while studying. Even though in New Zealand it's a little bit harder because the sport and university don't mix like they do in the collegiate system over here. So if you want to play a sport while you're at university, then that's something you do in your own time, which makes it harder because you don't have institutional excuses you don't have a university that's funding your sport or anything so if you have a race one weekend or you have a race on a friday and you have an exam on a friday you do that exam it might be hard to get out of that uh so i was studying for two and a half years in new zealand and it was uh, it was fine but it was just significantly harder than what it is like over here sure so so when then did the idea of uh, running in the U.S. or running in, in the NCAA enter your, your thought process? Yeah, so it had been something that was hanging around at the back of my mind for a little while. Uh, and I guess I didn't really commit to a university until, I'm trying to think, around July-ish in 2015. Uh, so I'd been doing a lot of research before that. Uh, and then it wasn't until then where I was in a position where I could put my degree on hold or I mean stop my degree in sure. New Zealand I should say. <laughs> uh, I was a semester shy of graduating oh, in wow. New Zealand when I came over here uh, which was slightly unfortunate because degrees, bachelor's degrees in New Zealand are typically three years yeah. uh, as opposed to the four-year degree in the US so uh, I was two and a half years through a degree which I could only transfer two years worth of credit to uh, in the US so it kind of pushed me back a step when I came over. Um, but when I was looking at, at different colleges, um, the hardest thing was because I was older, I was, I was 21 when I was at a point where I was going to come over. Um, and a lot of colleges don't want a 20-year-old foreign athlete who at that time I'd run 14.10 for a 5K. It wasn't, I mean, you look at how fast 21-year-olds are running in the NCAA sure. and 14.10 can be way back on the pack. So uh, there was a couple of schools that were slightly interested Um and in the end, NAU was was the one which seemed the most keen, and, and Coach Hines, I credit him a lot for uh, being excited about taking on a, another foreign athlete, and then it all sort of just went from there. Sure. And I'm sure that the process was much more um, nuanced and uh, extensive than what we have time to go into. Mm -hmm. um, so... Ultimately, you ended up at NAU, I guess. Yeah. We'll, we'll just kind of say <laughs> yeah. that. Um, but once you did, so then you had your first season of cross, 2016. Is mm -hmm. that right? So I rocked up in January. So I guess I was here for track. And You're here for track. Cross, and then yeah. the first cross, yeah, at the end of that year. And you ended up 11th. Um, mm -hmm. So my brain's sort of having a hard time processing that. Coming in as a 14-10 5K guy and then within a year your 11th at NCAA cross the, those two things seem hard <laughs> to, yeah, to like yeah. remain consistent they seem like two different runners mm -hmm. to some degree so what what uh what happened what what led to that I guess uh progress yeah I mean it's a great question and uh I never completely appreciated how 
how significant that 11th place was until my final year when I got 15th and then I was like okay wow that 11th was actually something I never gave myself full credit for after the fact at the time I was like oh 11th that's so exciting but as I went along I was like oh man I want to be way better than 11th and then the time when I didn't finish better than 11th I realized I had a better appreciation for it uh so yeah when I came to Flagstaff man it was hard adjusting um people always ask me about how long does it take to adjust to altitude? And there is the standard thing about, oh, maybe it takes about a month. It can vary from person to person. Um, for me, I, I always sort of argue it took me a semester. Um, sure, maybe it took me a month for my body to get the adaptions, but it took me a semester before I learned how to actually push myself at altitude. And, and I don't know if you are, I mean, you're probably somewhere in this that... Working out at sea level, if you start dying, then you can just hold back a little bit and you might get a second wind. But at altitude, if you start dying, you go. You go back real quick. And uh, and so it took me that first semester to really learn that. And I I went on the track in around 14.10 that first season, which was exactly the same time that I'd come in with. Uh, I did run 29.19 for a 10k. I hadn't really, I hadn't run a 10k on the track before, so I have no, no comparison there. Um, but when I went to regionals my first semester, I I went there and I was just happy to be at regionals. Uh, I was not even thinking about getting to nationals. I just assumed it was going to be this thing that was going to be way too hard. And, and sure enough, it didn't qualify. Especially if you're taking that mentality into it, you're probably not going to qualify. <laughs> and so, but after that, I realized like, well... If I'm going to be over here and I'm putting all this time and effort into it, that I I actually need to start working really hard for this. I, I felt like I was working hard, but maybe there was just a few other things I could do um, to help that. And and so I put a really good base in over the summer. Uh, and I think that's one of the big things that helped me over cross. Whenever I've had a big, solid uh, mileage block in the summer, I've always seemed to do really well over cross. Um, and... Going into that season, Coach Smith has said this uh, a few times, Coach Smith at NAU, uh, when he first came onto the program during that cross-country season where Heinz was kind of going out and, and Coach Smith was coming in, uh, he had mentioned that he never thought that I was going to be any good because he never saw me finish a workout. Uh, and that was just a part of me just trying to hang on to these guys constantly and I was blowing up left, right and centre in workouts. Uh, but it was just a combination of me working super hard, getting used to the altitude and also being a part of a team which I knew we had to perform at a, a level beyond which we maybe even thought we were capable of at nationals to get that national title not only for Coach Hines, for the team, for the school, um, but it was going to require an exceptional effort on the day and I think I was just ready to bring something I hadn't before when we were in Terre Haute. Sure. And and so when you did win in 2016 the, the team title um, at NCAAs, uh, it was the first, I believe, the first um, national championship for any NAU program mm -hmm. um, to that point. So what was that like uh, getting back from, from nationals initially and then, and then I guess, since? Um, what, what, was, what was the reception like, I guess, at NAU? Yeah, it was... Uh, you definitely got a sense that this was going to be something special for not only this school, but for uh, the Flagstaff community as well. Um, I think when we left, we were thinking that, um, we were going to, if we won this national title, it was going to be the hugest thing. Like almost you're going to come back to Flagstaff and there's going to be parades and stuff because <laughs> it's such a big deal. And obviously it's, it's not like that. And in, in terms of cross country with our sport, it's maybe, uh, not given as much hype as I would, I would like to think it, it deserves. Um, 
but Ina, you did a good job at um, at uh, giving us credit for how hard we worked that season and, and how much that national title meant to the school. Um, the biggest thing for me was seeing how much it meant to Coach Hines, for example, because I, I was only, I had been only on the team for a year. Sure. Um, I'd only been in the collegiate system for a year, so I didn't quite understand how big of a deal it was. Uh, so I always look back on that national team title as one which I was so excited about, and but more so for I knew what it meant to Coach Hines and those boys on the team than what I knew it meant to cross-country in general, uh, across the US, across the collegiate system. Um, and I think it was just exciting for us to take that momentum going into the next year with a new coach um, and to see how, with um, with things changing, with Coach Smith coming on, can we continue that momentum? Can we keep winning? Um, and, I mean, we have, which has been <laughs> exciting. For sure. Yeah, so that, that was uh, going to be my next point. Um, how difficult was it? Or, or not, uh, to to maintain, transfer, continue that level of success for the next couple of years. Well, yeah, I guess for you the next year, because uh, then you graduated in... Uh, I guess in the next two years. The next two years, right, 17, right, right, 17, 18, 17 yeah. 18, yeah. So yeah, for those next two years, like, how, what was it, it almost seemed seamless, like, mm -hmm. yeah, you guys just kept being really good, but I imagine uh, there's more to it than that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's a lot of behind the scenes that people would... Uh, would never quite realize that goes into creating that team on the day. Um, and it's also kind of special that people outside of the team may never know about that. It's like just those guys and our coaching staff who know everything that went into um, us winning those team titles. Because you can, uh, and it's funny, you can look on message boards and stuff and uh, and people will be talking about how, oh, it's just, you know, you was expected to win. Of course they were going to win. But, I mean, you look at how hard it was for us to get to the end of that season how hard we were working I mean yeah maybe on paper it looks like we're expected to win but anything can happen on the day um and with coach Smith coming in I mean he uh he did an amazing job of making that transition uh easy for him and easy for all of us and it helped with him being here a semester earlier because he could see uh all the work that coach Hines had put in in terms of building the culture building the team uh, and even what Coach Hines had learned from the coaches before him, uh, and maintain some of that going into that next year when he was when he took it on full time, uh, and so admittedly it was kind of seamless when he came in. He had already been there for a semester. We were used to him. We we sort of knew what to expect when he came on, uh, and the the team actually hasn't changed a lot over these past few years. We've had a good amount of guys who were at all three of those national championships at all three of them. It was maybe this last one where the team, we maybe had a couple of guys who were different, but yeah, with with the team the same and that culture being carried through, then, I mean, it's not surprising that we kept winning each year. Right. And I, I don't know that it got any easier because it seems like the, the rise of uh, the NAU program almost paralleled the success of uh, BYU, Portland uh, as well at the same time. So how, you know, there, there was obviously a rivalry there um, and, and you now have a teammate in uh, a former Cougar, mm -hmm. um, Rory. Uh, but what, um, what ha I remember, uh, I think it was after 20, the 2017, uh, when you guys won in 2017 the second time, um, in a post-race interview, you actually said like, you know, 
I want to thank like the guys at BYU because they, they to a large extent pushed us in mm-hmm. ways that you know we didn't expect or we didn't know we could really get to in some sense, um, which is really interesting. So I'm curious what what role that played in that rivalry in in uh, d- during those years in Cross, and then secondly, what you sort of learned from that that you think will be valuable as a as a professional. Yeah. Um... In that 2017 season, I, I mean, I might have remarked this before, but uh, I thought once I saw how good our team was, uh, no one was going to beat us that year. There was, and I know it, it sounds cocky and that I'm kind of pumping my chest out saying that, but with how good our team was, I had absolute confidence that we were going to win that. And with us executing it on the day, that just uh, further showed exactly what, what I knew going into that season. Um, but like I had seen, like what you remarked about, I did, uh, give credit to BYU at the end with, um, throughout that season, there was a a bit of back and forth about how, um, when we did something, they would then do something and there was this constant comparison. It it even wasn't necessarily always between our team and theirs. It it was maybe flow track or let's run or doing something with, uh, comparing our efforts and because we never raced each other until regionals people want to know who's going to win and so what you're going to do is compare the strength of a wisconsin field to pre-nats sure. and conference meets and uh and so the hype was a lot of it was external still but we still thrived off of that and uh whenever BYU or someone from BYU would make a statement about how good their team was looking then we're like oh no but you saw what we did and so we thrived off not necessarily them saying things directly to us but indirectly suggesting how good their team was we were like well no actually we know how good our one is um and so that was for that season that kind of back and forward uh it was different in 2018 I mean I I got a little more involved with being maybe a little bit more vocal towards the end of the season. That was just me having fun as well, regardless of the some of the backlash or whatever I might have got from that. But um, it, w- it was just fun having a team where we're so close to each other. And once we get to nationals, even though I was so confident in NAU, uh, if one of our guys has a bad day, then I mean, BYU is going to be right there and then the in Portland was going to be right there as well. Uh, Portland, I really underestimated going into that 2017 season. After that, I never underestimated them again, obviously. <laughs> uh, but the 2017-2018 season, um, I mean, what I take through to, I guess, this professional career now is that um, I want to keep that excitement and that hype going regardless of if I'm on the start line with six other dudes or not. Or, um Although we're not a, a team in the sense that we're um, we're lining up at nationals and all of these points matter to whether or not we win a, a national title or not, but uh, pushing the how do I put this like pushing the brand that's been created through uh, Hoka Northern Arizona Elite um, is is going to be the the important part of of what our team is, and so when I'm on the start line, I'm going to be thinking more so what can I do to uh, perform the best that I can and also represent the brand and the group uh, in the best way that I can. So I guess there's still a, the team aspect is still there. It's just in a, a different, it yeah. looks different. Sure. Yes. Um, last uh, NCAA question and then, and then we'll kind of look more uh, to present day mm-hmm. and ahead. Um, I'm going to get you on the record here. So the, the last team to win for 
cross country titles in a row was Arkansas mm -hmm. from 1990 to 94. Um, do you think that'll happen for, for <laughs> NAU this year? Do, do you feel as confident? Uh, yeah, what, what do you think about this upcoming cross season? Yeah, I don't want to um, throw any kind of commentator's curse on the boys. <laughs> um, but, I mean, they have the team to do it again. That's yeah. the easiest way of putting it. They have some great recruits that we've had uh, joining this freshman class. Um, we have guys who are freshmen last year who have really stepped up uh, or who had the potential to do really well and by the end of the season were sh showing how fast they can run. Uh, for example, I mean, Brody Hasty, Theo Quacks yep. uh, for two of them. Um, the difference is going to be that the team that starts um, at Nationals is probably going to be younger than the ones we've been used to. I mean, you don't have a 24-year-old dude on the start line for one, which is probably a good thing. Uh, <laughs> But that that team is well capable of, of doing the exact same thing again. I mean, they might even do better than the teams have in the past. We've continued to progress as a program, and, and each year uh, our coaching staff and the athletes have have known maybe some of the things that went wrong uh, in the season before that maybe people wouldn't see, um, and the program just continues to build on itself. So... Uh, I would say they're definitely going to be a, a favorite going into it. Sure. Um, so back uh, back to you and looking ahead. Uh, you obviously are back here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, to continue your running career as a professional. Was there any, um, were there options or was there a consideration to try to go back uh, to New Zealand and, and pursue a professional running career? Yeah, I definitely did consider it. Uh, that was, uh, when I was finishing, I... I initially felt like I hadn't done enough on the track to put me in the best possible position to stay. Uh, that final track season, I would actually say, was probably one of the most stressful times when I was at NAU. And th that was all on me um, because I was just putting all this pressure on, well, if I'm running a 10K at Peyton Jordan, I have to be running close to a world standard or at least running under 28 for me to be considered uh, to stay in the US. And that didn't happen. And when I was running this 5K, I'm thinking I have to be at least breaking 1330 or getting close to a world standard to stay in the US. And that didn't happen. And uh, so they ended up putting a lot of pressure that I put on myself going into the cross season, which in the end didn't actually work out how I would have hoped. The team did amazing. And I was so excited with that. My personal position was not where, not where my fitness was and not where I was hoping to finish. And so I kind of came out of NAU thinking that now, I actually haven't put myself in the best position that I thought I was going to this year. Uh, and I was so lucky to have um, Ben Rosario, who came over to me pretty early on after um, I was finished with my time at NAU, and he was talking to me about the group, the group which I was obviously well aware of from Ben and Flagstaff, and, and Ben, someone who I'd had the occasional conversation with, uh, nothing about the group, but just general conversations about running um, maybe a couple of times before. And... So the group was always something that was at the back of my mind. Uh, whether it's actually a reality or not, it's always hard to tell when you're in the NCAA because there are rules around who you can talk to, what you can know. Uh, and so I didn't actually know until once I was finished that, oh, okay, this group is potentially going to be a real possibility. Uh, and so it's just finding out, okay, is that actually going to be a great fit? While tossing up, do I even want to stay in the US? I know the US has been amazing for me. Flagstaff has been amazing, but I've been here for three years now. It's been a long time away from home. And what a lot of New Zealand athletes are doing is 
they get to the end of high school and they come to the US and so competition gets to the point where it's kind of scarce and so there's this uh, this feeling of like well if I'm just another athlete doing that then I'm another athlete that's not helping other New Zealand athletes in competition in New Zealand so there's this, conf this constant back and forth of uh, I need to be going back to New Zealand to help our domestic athletes just through being there in races and helping uh, boost competition there. But at the same time, I need to think about my own progress and how I'm going to get better and get to that next level. And after tossing all of that up, I I knew that going to... F By the end of that, I knew that being in Flagstaff was going to be the right thing. I've I've made... This is like my second home now, I, I feel. Um, I know a lot of people here. I'm really uh, comfortable living in Flagstaff and... Uh, everything that Ben had told me about the group had just instilled confidence that that's going to be the best thing to to get me better. And although it's been a little bit of a rough ride since then, um, uh, I'm still confident now that making the decision to join this group was the best decision I've made since then. Yeah, so you joined the team in January, but uh, as we mentioned, you've, you've only just got here um, yeah. due to some visa issues uh, and... Um, Again, I'm sure that we could have a whole podcast to talk about that, so we'll just move on. You had some visa issues. Yeah. Uh, but while you were in uh, New Zealand, you, you obviously were training still. Mm -hmm. um, so Ben was sending you um, your training plans. You were, I think, talking over FaceTime to sort of stay in touch. Mm -hmm. how, uh, how tough was that, I guess, to stay motivated and keep training and, and yeah, while, while you're back home and, mm -hmm. and not here? Yeah, it, it was hard because I... I was so used to and almost became dependent on having a group of people to train with and having a coach there every single, almost every single day at practice um, to be guiding you and, and even having someone to talk to uh, in terms of how training is going. And so once I went back home, it was almost like I had never left. Like I'm back in this situation where a lot of my training is on my own again. Although I'm, I'm training in these amazing places, which I love running and New Zealand has amazing uh trails and uh tracks and stuff across the country that you can train on but it's just that training on your own which makes it hard after right. a while and so ben actually made it really easy i would say that he was sending me the stuff um very frequently i knew what i was doing at least a week in advance um and so the training side of things wasn't wasn't hard and I'm I guess I would say I'm pretty self-motivated that I wasn't like crawling out the door wishing that I wasn't doing this um the only times where I was really struggling was when the visa situation wasn't working out and I because I'd originally told Ben in December when I left uh that I was going to be back in a month and then I learned pretty early on that it wasn't going to be a month and then that continued to be extended out um and so it was just the the stress of the visa and not knowing when I was going to be coming back to flag that was the thing that really um that really hindered how um how excited I was about training on certain days sure. I guess yeah um so yeah despite any complications uh with with training or otherwise you you did uh, win the the New Zealand national title mm -hmm. in the 5k and then you were um 46th at world cross country yeah uh <laughs> you, you smirk so so i have a sense of uh how you feel about it but uh what, what did you think about those performances to start the year yeah the new zealand title one was special because i i have never won a senior new zealand title um and so it was just nice to be back in new zealand for my first time in three years actually competing um on home soil i guess i should say um 
so that was special to go there, compete in front of a home crowd and um, and kind of show them like, this is the effort which I've put in over the past few years in the US and I can finally show people like this is where the place I've got myself to and hopefully like build a little bit of excitement about, yeah. further excitement about running in New Zealand. Um, and then going into World Cross, um, that one I was a little bit unsure how I was going to do. The the 5k on the track was fine, um, but it was a real tactical type race, sure. so uh, it never... I never knew exactly how fit I was going to be going into World Cross. Uh, and then I got there and the course was just insane. It was just like I've never seen anything like it. And it just it meant that it was so hard to know how to run it. And, and the only reason I guess why I smile with the 46th place is because I was a little bit bummed that I ran a little bit too conservatively at the, okay. at the start. So, I mean, after getting out hard, um, I let... I mean, probably 50, 60 people passed me just because I was thinking, oh, they're going way too hard for how hard this course is at the start. But then once I started picking it up, it's actually really hard to pass people once you've let that gap open yep. up. And uh, so the finishing in 46 was, it's it showed me at least, okay, my fitness is in a pretty good place from uh, from being at sea level for this long and, and not being in flag with the group training. Um but I'm not satisfied with that in any sense. I didn't. Sure. Uh, I didn't go there to get 46. I I had hopes of doing significantly better. So, but that also drove me uh, going into the later part of the season with um, going into the track stuff that I wanted to do better. Um, but then once I got back from World Cross, I had a bit of a niggling injury, which uh, made things a little bit hard. Yeah, yeah. So that kept you out for a bit. What um, What did that keep you from from doing? Yeah. So I. I basically got back from World Cross towards the end of March or start of April um, and took a, a week or two off. And then once I started getting back into training again, just things with my ankle weren't quite feeling right. And uh, I went through the entire of April not really doing any workouts. I couldn't even really do strides because things weren't feeling right. And then it wasn't until the start of May that <coughs> I got a scan and it showed that I had a stress response on uh. my... Uh, on my fibula and so there was a noticeable although it was a minor there was still a noticeable hot spot on that bone which if i was going to continue putting stress on it then it might turn into something else which i don't want so we had to do a couple of weeks in the pool or in the pool in the gym cross training whatever um but by the end of that once i start running again i'm getting close to the the 20th of may and i'm supposed to be running or racing uh oceania's in a month and so uh i managed to hurry up the training um with the help of ben and and we got a um a few somewhat solid workouts in going into oceania's but i i got to oceania's feeling pretty flat unfortunately um and my whole goal there was to win because with the New Zealand qualifying system that puts me in a good position to qualify for world champs and I couldn't even do that and so I was super bummed going over to Belgium where my goal was to run a fast time in the 5k that was going to further help with qualifying for Doha but because of how I ran at Oceania is that basically threw that out the window um so going over to Belgium it was more so about what do you have left what can you do at the end of the season to um round things off i guess yeah and you managed to pr though right uh so actually in 5k in Belgium? uh so in the 15 i was close to a okay PR. yeah so the the 5k i ran 13 40 okay um okay. I yeah but that. i actually emailed ben um 
a couple of days before the 1500 I just had a workout where things didn't go very well and the training had been really up and down um, and I emailed Ben and I was almost searching for an out just saying like hey man I don't know if I can do this 15 because some things in my leg are still bugging me and I'm clearly my fitness is not where I was hoping it was going to be uh, and then I just jumped into that 1500 and I was like, I, I literally have nothing to lose at this point. A couple of days ago, I didn't even want to do this, so I'll just do it. Um, and then I ran 0.3 or 0.1 second or something off my PB uh, running through 45. And so I was like, okay, maybe my fitness is actually not in too bad of a place. So going into the 5k, I had a little bit more confidence. Um, but the heat that I was in ended up going slower than we were hoping and... 1340 to finish second was still a great end to that season there, but uh, I almost finished thinking like, I think I'm actually fitter to run close to my PB, that 1331 off of a far less than ideal build-up than what I had when I ran 1331. So I finished the season with a lot of confidence going ahead. Um, and then after that 5K, I got on a plane and, and got back to flag, finally. Yeah, yeah finally. <laughs> yeah, so you did you did finally make it here, um, and, you, and you're healthy from what I understand now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what what's coming up this fall? Is it what, What's your focus going to be? Yeah, so uh, I haven't had a lot of time to talk with Ben because we, uh, um, since I've been in New Zealand, there's been so many unknowns of when I've been coming back, so we haven't been planning too far in advance. Uh but since I've been back, we've been throwing around some ideas about getting into some good row races uh, this season, maybe looking at a half t- uh, in October. And a half is something which I've been wanting to do for a while. I, yeah. Before going home, I really wanted to do the Houston half, but I had an Achilles that was bothering me and, and also my visa was kind of... The visa was probably the thing that was going to run out, meaning I couldn't do Houston. Uh, the Achilles is just a side note to that, but... So I couldn't do Houston, I was real bummed about that, but I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do the Christchurch half when I'm in New Zealand. Uh, and then I had this issue with my bone, and so I couldn't do the Christchurch half, and so now, finally, we might be in a position where I can do a half this season and, and have a chance to have a blowout and build a bit of strength going into this track season. Sure, and then this next spring, uh, as you mentioned, well, you were mentioning the World Championships, but with the Olympic year coming up, um, you'll obviously... Uh, be, be shooting to make a mm-hmm. team. Um, will it be the 5,000, 10,000? Are you looking at both? Yeah, I think we're keeping the options open for both. Uh, there's, n- uh, there's no reason why I shouldn't try for both, at sure. least anyway. I mean, if I'm going to be trying to get after a 10K, 5K is only complement that. Um, so, yeah, going into the spring, we're definitely going to be looking at 5K, 10K, whatever I can do to try and qualify for, for Tokyo. Sure. Um, well, that wraps up, uh, the formalities and finding out, uh, how things have been going Sorry. and what's next. Um, a couple quick questions to end things. So you're just going to kind of have a multiple choice. Yeah. Um, a few questions here. We'll have some fun. Uh, so the NAZ team here, you've got uh, a few different accents, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh among yeah. the, uh, among the runners. So in your opinion, and you might be biased, is the best accent on the team the the Kenyan, the British, or the New Zealand accent? Uh, I like it how you don't put the Canadian um, <laughs> <laughs> because it's obviously the worst. Ah um, <laughs> oh, man, the I I actually haven't seen elephants since being up here, mm. so I, I almost can't comment on that. But uh, uh, Alice's accent is fine. Yeah, I guess it's fine. I mean. 
everyone probably says mine is the best, but <laughs> I don't know. I haven't been on the team long enough think, to find that out. Yeah, it's sort of a small window in, into a future episode. We, we may have you all on and, and oh, sort, okay. of, sort of this out. Yeah, so so yeah. this will be a prelude to that. Yeah. Um, better hair. Is it Tyler Day or uh, <laughs> Gordy Beamish? Uh... I, I have been asked that before through Flow Track. Um, Tyler cut his hair though, so it's almost a moot point. He but, did, yeah. yeah. And I mean, Geordie, in terms of if you just want quality of hair, then you have Geordie. Uh, <laughs> if you're going for uh, what's the weirdest thing you can put on your head, then Tyler for sure. I love that dude, but his long hair was getting pretty out of control. Yeah, yeah. well, he must have felt the same way to some degree. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, cross country or track? I, I love cross country for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was an easy answer for you. Um, Five thousand or ten thousand? You choose between. Yeah, I um, I've always just thought I should be doing ten k just because I, uh, I'm sort of like a distance guy. But I I love doing a good five k. It just feels significantly shorter now once doing a ten k. I think I really enjoy doing five k's at the time. A 10k, once I've finished that, I enjoy it more so a week after the fact because it's significantly hard at the time and I'm, I'm more, I have more appreciation for how hard the 10k is um, and the 5k is the funner one, I sure. should say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and this almost feels like a softball, but I'm not sure how I want to phrase this. So let's just say, um, would you rather compete against a BYU team or a, or a Portland team? Um... Oh man, it was a better question than I, I thought. I I would say probably BYU, yeah. just because I've I've loved competing against them in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you get a chance to uh, compete against uh, an alumnus uh, here um, in your pro career. So, uh, Matt, thanks for joining us. Glad you made it to the states. Um, <laughs> and we'll uh, look forward to having you on next time. Perfect. Thank you for having me on. Man. All right, that's it. Cool. We did easy. Welcome to some bonus footage. Uh, I'm here now with uh, Rory and Matt. Um, they, the two of them competed against each other at BYU and N NAU, uh, respect respectively, as we've discussed in our podcast. So uh, now they get to actually see each other on camera, and so we'll see how this goes. Um, yeah, so uh, I think it's very clear based on the interviews, you guys do not like each other at all. Um, so I want you to go ahead and talk about that. Yeah, well, since this is my hometown, I'll start. Uh, <laughs> do I like Rory is a, is a very good question. Uh, I think the rivalry we had at NAU and BYU was, was fierce uh, for very good reasons. Uh, in terms of us now being teammates, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be fun. And I think uh, especially once this cross country season starts rolling around, we're going to be hyping up each other's schools and each other's teams. But now that we have uh, a team that we can hype up together, I mean, that's going to be a fun little uh, sidetrack from what we've been used to. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Rory, what do you think? Um, well, I like I said earlier, 
I didn't like him when he was at NAU and <laughs> I was at BYU because of just the intensity of the rivalry. We were both kind of the faces of our programs, both trying to get at each other. Um, but I also, like we were saying the, yesterday on our run, is uh, I don't have a lot of uh, bragging rights over Matt because he beat me most of the time in grass. So uh, I just am excited to work with him, and it's going to be really fun. Yeah. So you got... If I mean, you were at different programs, but on similar trajectories when you were there. Um, do you think there's anything uh, that you learned at your program? Again, uh, two different programs, but that that you can bring to the NAZ team that will be useful in terms of, you know, finding successes as a team. Um, yeah, anything coming out of NAU, coming out of BYU that you think worked that like will will work at this level? Yeah, definitely. I I mean, I think I can bring a, um, a sense of what it's like to win. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I... This is not going to die soon, <laughs> yeah, is it? This is yeah. going to carry on. Um, uh, I think for, for both of us, I mean, maybe just speaking on NAU, was that we... We loved working hard and we loved working hard at altitude. Uh, I, I got to know what it's like to uh, have easy days which complement our hard days and also be on a team that just loved each other, just loved working together, um, enjoyed traveling, enjoyed having fun. And so from an NAU perspective, that's what I'm going to try and bring onto this team, uh, which I, I can already see is already instilled for the most part in the team as well. So. Probably not a lot is going to change, but there'll be a few little aspects from NAU which I'll bring over. Sure. Yeah. Um, similar to what we spoke about earlier is the energy. I feel like I bring a lot of energy to practice, and um, I think that that'll be a compliment to the you know the young and hungry, like I said, and then the old and established. Not like saying anyone's particularly <laughs> old, but the bit around uh, the bit around the block a few times, yeah. guys. But I think uh, I think that there's already a, a good energy of on the team. But I just think like a different flavor of that energy will be will be nice. And and I I didn't win at BYU is at the national level, but I think that the culture, same thing, loving each other, uh, learning to work really hard together for a common goal really brings a big group of people together and I think that that'll carry over to NAZ. Sure. Well, thanks guys for taking the, the bonus time here to, uh, to chat a little bit more. Um, yeah, and thanks for joining. Perfect, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Seal the deal. Awesome.